All right, Sean, let's knock it out of the park one more time. Hello, this is the Never Heard of It podcast. I am Sean Harwell, back again today to lead you into the year 1985, and I am joined from the future by my co-host and co-conscriptor. Uh, oh, what is man. I don't know what that means. I'm not even sure now. What's your name? Uh, but no. let's go with it. Let's let's not let's not okay. roll back on that. Uh, I, I'm Craig Moorhead, Craig the the conscriptor, and uh, and yeah. and uh, yeah, and 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 me and Sean are gonna walk you through some more 1985 flicks today. But first, uh, you probably found us by accident, and so let me tell you where you can okay. find us on purpose. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Never Podcast. You can find us um, at uh, NeverPodcast.com is our website for goodness sake you can find us on facebook the never heard of it podcast um and you can find us on instagram uh which i believe is n-h-o-i-t that's never heard of it um (laughs) podcast and that's uh you can find cool pictures and reminders that stuff has come out and uh and we hope you do and please uh if you uh have anything to say about these movies or want to talk about movies that that we haven't talked about yet? Please uh, let us know. It would. This would be a the, a great name for a podcast about IT, wouldn't it? It would. It would. It kind of makes me feel like maybe somebody did do that. <laughs> Probably. And their podcast we'll is more popular. It. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible. Mm. Um, but speaking of popular podcasts, I hope you have listened to the previous episode because we teed up today's two movies that we're going to talk about and this is a series of you know next week's uh or the week after that anyway both of them i think we're going to end up talking about two more movies kind of in the same vein Mm -hmm. Uh, but today we've got rambo missing in action two uh norris versus stallone we're going to get deep into it but yeah go check out that mini episode it's 13 minutes long it's real quick it'll kind of like give you some introductions some background on both of these two movies and we'll do a little bit more of that today but we want to get into a lot of plot uh as well as much as there is right (laughs) it's gonna be a short show yeah yeah um and uh, just our general thoughts and and kind of looking at at both of them and figuring out why you know hey in one corner we've got a huge huge Stallone box office gargantuan hit number two movie of the year in the other corner we have a chuck norris movie so um (laughs) with that in mind uh thanks for joining us and uh we'll we'll jump in here with our machine guns blazing pow uh craig yeah i think you know it's it's appropriate to start with Stallone he's probably the biggest actor of the year this year although maybe you could make the case for Michael J. Fox between Back to the Future and Teen Wolf Uh, I I think uh, money wise though definitely in Stallone's favor let's talk about First Blood Part 1 for a second yeah I don't remember anything about that movie (laughs) it's possible I've never even seen it All right, and I'm here to tell you I didn't watch it again before watching Rambo First Blood, Part Two. What do you know of the Rambo? Or what do you remember of the sort of Rambo character going into rewatching this first sequel here? Well, I remember a good bit actually because I, That's as a good. kid, was a huge fan of First Blood, and I haven't watched it in a long time. But I, I feel mm-hmm. like it was a pretty good movie. Um, 
And I, I hesitate to say that because anything like that from the early '80s, the <laughs> politics in it could be yeah. real bad. <laughs> so sure, I'm not gonna sure. I'm not gonna tell you I'm standing behind everything in it. But I remember it as being very good, and and basically the idea being, you know, John Rambo uh, is is kind of you know somewhat fresh out of the Vietnam War. He's a vet just trying to make his way in the world, He's passing through some uh, you know northwestern town, and the sheriff thinks he's a bum and says stay out of town and from there things you you might say things snowball a little bit uh to the point where things are exploding by the end um that's just natural though yeah and and i always remember the 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 line from john rambo in the thing when he's when he's talking to uh richard krenna what's 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 krenna's name in the movie colonel samuel troutman oh troutman okay yeah, so so Troutman's you know trying to talk him down and, and bring him in so so because he's he's worried that uh, he's not really worried. What am I talking about? He knows Rambo's going to f up everybody in town, but uh, but he says you know come on Rambo you got to you know put down the gun and come in and Rambo's like they drew first blood not me. And as a kid, I was like, mm. well now I know what first blood means. Like this is one of those movies that explains the title. Unlike Goonies, yep. I'm looking at you, Goonies. But yeah, I mean, I, I just remember it like it's it seemed to be shot really well. It do, it doesn't seem to be as straightforward an action movie as Rambo f- does. Like like the the first one felt like it was almost a character piece action movie, whereas this is just like give them some guns and let's grease up some chests because we're going into Nam. So, but you, but you you didn't remember anything from the first movie. No, but I think that's a good place maybe to start then. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, I, I watched this movie and thinking about it and Stallone and sort of, I, I think the, the, the kind of magnetic appeal of the guy is he does kind of have this side of him and he has since day one that is a natural underdog. There's just something mm-hmm. about looking into that face that you feel pity for in some yeah. ways. And it makes so much sense to like put him into a character like that. And like what you're describing as the plot of the first, first blood mm-hmm. makes total sense. And I think, you know, this is a guy that, yeah, it's like he feels like, and looks like he's gone through hard times mm-hmm. and you want to root for him to succeed. Now I do think, yeah, there's, <laughs> There's a bit of a, a disconnect from that then when he just suddenly, I mean, like, you know, he, he, he straps in and as soon as that knife comes out, like, it, it's game on in yeah. this movie. And we'll get to, uh, you know, because we made body, uh, body count predictions in the last episode and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, man, the killing does not stop in this movie and he's pretty inventive about it. Sure. And, you know, in some ways... I think that's earned. I think it's justified in that, you know, here's a vet and he's been through shit and, um, you know, life hasn't been easy or fair to him since then. And he's going back into this place with a very real and noble goal uh, that is his own goal, not necessarily the mission's goal, Mm -hmm. of getting these POWs out of there, getting his fellow soldiers out of there at any cost and even at the, uh, the risk of his own life, certainly. Right. Uh, so I, I think it, it it 
feels like, you know, watching it again, it's like, yep, I get it. This is a total like Stallone thing. Like he's, he's perfect for this kind of story in this era. Like it mm-hmm. makes, you know, and I'm, I felt somewhat relieved by that fact. Like I didn't want to watch this and think, what the hell were people thinking? Like, what were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Making this guy the biggest box office uh, draw of this year of, of making him a household name. Yeah, yeah, Rocky's great, but that was in the 70s. You know, it's been a while. You right. know, how did he turn into this thing? This like mindless killing machine. And I felt like that held up in a way. Like, I, I still understand that. I will say overall, though, that said, I can't, I cannot believe this movie was the number two movie of the year. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, because of how violent it is, because of how like blatantly sort of uh, patriotic it is, uh, even though it's, it's super critical of the government ultimately. Mm-hmm. And because of just how little story there is to this movie. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the big thing to me, right? Yeah. Because... You know, you, you got a movie that's made $150 million at the box office. To me, that means, you know, especially in 1985, it's not like, oh, everybody just went and saw it the first weekend and then we're like, yeah, it was okay and didn't go. But people probably saw this multiple times. They definitely told their friends about this. It surely played a number of weekends, right? Yeah. And I'm like trying to think of like what, what was the big thing? Like, okay, if I watch this movie in 1985, what is the scene that I'm going to come away from and be like, oh my God, you got to see freaking Rambo, dude. Like this one moment, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what that moment is. Like, yeah. do you, do you, A, do you sort of like agree or, or disagree with what I'm saying here? And B, yeah. Is there a moment from this movie that you would be like, oh, that, okay. I'm sure people talked about that moment and that's kind of what, what, what brought people to theaters right. and drove to see this movie. I mean, I, I can't think of what brought people t- to the theater, but I mean, the one thing I kept thinking about was, and I realize it's, it's just because we've, we've, you know, time has passed and, uh, you know, I don't know, techniques have become better and all that kind of stuff, but uh, it kind of it kind of looks and feels like a TV show a lot of the time. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's not anything that couldn't be done on TV and, and probably done a little bit better now. Uh, but of course, I mean, it's, it's 30 years ago. But um, but no, I mean, I, I, I could, thought the... Yeah. I was going to say, I, I thought the transfer actually looks really good. Especially sure. compared... And I watched it on Amazon and HD. But especially compared to... I watched the Chuck Norris Missing in Action 2 first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously the, this movie, we talked about substantially higher budget. And I do think looking at them side by side this movie is clearly the better looking movie yeah that said yeah you could uh, easily this could be done in in one week on hbo like you know and on, on to the next step like hands you know no brainer yeah well and, and, for, and even probably, with yeah. with more style you know i mean yeah, i mean like uh, yes, there's not yes. really a a strong no. visual style to it like it's just which is not really a problem, but it's, it's just, it's like, here's the story. Like, here's, here it is. Yeah. It's, we're not going to get, like, tons of interesting angles or interesting lighting. It's just like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely removed from just being a documentary, but, yeah, you know, but, but, uh, but regardless, I mean, there, there is the stuff that's like the bit where he pops out of the mud to grab a guy. I yeah. don't know. It's like, yeah, I, I kind of feel like we've seen so much more, um, 
intricate and and especially now so much just years of of really really heavily choreographed action yeah that, that this stuff it does not get your pulse going I, you know let I, me, uh, let me yeah. give an example yeah or early on in the movie and when we say story like it's literally like what i said like he's you know taken out of a rock quarry where he's you know breaking rocks all day mm-hmm. uh by troutman and offered the opportunity to go into the jungle and you know complete a mission he's supposed to go f- just photograph photograph excuse me uh a supposed pow camp and you know obviously he sees people there and that's all it takes he's mm-hmm. going to get everybody out and kill everybody within the area that's pretty much the plot i mean that's that's basically all you need to know right yeah but early on uh, when they're going to do the drop off into the jungle, Stallone is in a plane. They're flying ahead overhead. Uh, he's supposed to jump out. You know, they have that line that connects them to the plane so they don't just fall out. But then they're supposed to, you know, clip out, launch a parachute. There, he gets somehow kind of caught. Like his line that's connecting him to the plane gets stuck or something, and he's basically being, you know, hung on the side of this plane. They're worried about the turbulence going to rip him apart. Uh, they can't get the thing to uh, to break free. So yes, but like that sequence today, I feel like would be a thousand times more tense. Hopefully, yeah. right? Yeah. There's no excuse not for that because like it's exactly like what you said. Like it's just kind of shot in a way that I don't think you ever see his face. Yeah. There's no like you know I, I don't know. There's just no like building of tension there. So it's like yeah, okay, he's hanging from a plane. I'm pretty sure he's not going to die because then there's no rest of the movie. Right. <laughs> but even, you know, even with like that, it's like, okay, yeah, I can suspend my disbelief because I know how movies work, but just give me, yeah, give me a little visual something. Like to yeah. me, like that was a key area early on where exactly what you're talking about. Stylistically, it's, it's a holdover from a different year. Yeah, absolutely. What else about this movie? Uh, maybe let you down or let you think that it felt uh, TV-esque. Well, you know, it, it was kind of the thing. Uh, again, there's there's a bit where um, I believe it's after uh, his woman. For a while, he has a woman sort of sidekick with him who's helping him do this. And she apparently uh, catches feelings for him. And, <laughs> of course... <laughs> Yes. And and God. and yeah, yeah. One, one second after he promises to take her to Thailand, I believe, and where they will be very happy, and she kisses him, she is absolutely just gunned down, just done, dead, yeah. and 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 then he goes, he just goes on a rampage, but a Rambo rampage or a Ramboge is <laughs> not there. Nice. There's no logic to it. No. Um, he, it, it, it's it's. Uh, I was talking last time about how it, it felt kind of uh, slasherish, um, mm-hmm. and wherein it's just like you know. So all these soldiers are coming for him, and you'll cut to this set piece where, as we were just talking about, Rambo comes out of mud. He somehow covers himself in mud and is just in a place where a soldier walks up and stops right in front of him, and then he pops out and like stabs a guy. And the next thing you know, he's like, he's in a tree. Um, and then the next thing you know, he's over there, you know. Yeah. And, and like today, I feel like you would not get away with that. Like you could do it. Yeah. But people would would 
not like you for it. Like now it has to at least have like you can have people clearly. I mean, there's Fast and Furious, which which I love those movies and everything that happens them is completely impossible. But they're just they're just possible enough. Like they're they're stupid impossible, but they're just possible enough. Like if you if you really Mm -hmm. made it impossible, it wouldn't be any fun. You know, of course, people can't combat a submarine in cars. It's tough but to it's, drive on a submarine, yes. Yeah, exactly, true. but it's just it's done just possibly enough. So, <laughs> so that was just an, another bit that I didn't like. But, uh, well, you know what that that yeah. whole sequence to me felt like. It absolutely felt like somebody said, "I need just give me ten cool things Rambo can do to hide and kill people." Right. Okay. Just take an hour. Put them in a list. Doesn't matter. Don't even worry about plot scene. Doesn't matter. I don't even care if it's like physically possible for him to do these things. We're going to shoot him. It's going to be awesome. We'll put it in the trailer. There's your movie. And uh, some of that stuff, I think, probably worked (laughs) on the audiences, at least. You know, I -hmm. mean, that is like the kind of stuff that when you think about it, it's like, I mean, him coming out of the mud, I'm like, that is the one sort of probably uh, moment or, or certainly shot that I'll remember from this movie. And yeah. I, I think like it probably is something that was buried somewhere in my memory banks as well. Because when I saw it, I'm like, Oh yeah. Badass. <laughs> like, you know, it definitely was like a little bit like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Even though I haven't seen this movie, I don't think. Um, but we, I, I think we should definitely talk for a second about that woman that you mentioned, which I, I didn't realize until just looking at the IMDb page here. Uh, the character's name is Co. I guess mm-hmm. no, that was that was lost on me. Uh, actress is Julia Nixon, and I don't want to pick on her. I think the the romance element in that thing was absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Of I course. mean, they're they spend so little time together. There is no circumstance in which they would have developed feelings right. given what we're seeing on screen. Right. Maybe there was a longer cut where it did make sense. It does not in this current cut. Yeah. Um, okay. You can put that aside. Her getting shot, that was a surprise that worked okay for me because yes. I had I was just like, it's impo- if these people walk off in the sunset together, I'm done with this movie, right? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, she got shot. Didn't see that coming exactly. Her broken English is so atrocious in this movie that yeah. it... It is maybe to me the single most thing about this movie that will date it. Um, yeah. Especially, I would say, 20 years from now. Uh, it, it's so bad. I just like wrote down, like she says, what you want? Still war here. I mean, it's things like that. They're just yeah. leaving out like one verb or something. And why? Like, I, I, oh, I just, it was hard yeah. to watch. It was honestly hard to watch. Fortunately, she's not in the movie that much. Right. Um, well, another thing that I think is is very kind of a, a key component of maybe this era that's connected to this is that, <laughs> that little emerald necklace, right? Which, <laughs> yeah, uh, she's wearing, and uh, I don't think she gives to him. Right? It's just he takes it from her off her body when she is shot. Correct. Right. Okay. So. I mean, just go look, go Google it. If you don't remember, you'll see a thousand pictures of Stallone as Rambo wearing this little <laughs> emerald necklace, which it looks like a choker on him. Yeah, it and barely fits around his, his masculine <laughs> yeah. neck. 
and so like you get that moment at the end when he's just blowing people away and there's like a slow-mo shot and it's just like the little emerald is like jiggling back and forth and like that's all i could look at was this little ne- mm-hmm. <laughs> this little necklace thing jiggling back and forth on this like huge beefcake of a guy and so like to me it's like I, you know i've always kind of like hated like attaching you know sentimentality to an object that is otherwise meaningless yeah. and this is like one of the, they didn't do too much of that but just seeing it on him was just kind of ridiculous yes um, so there's that but I, I did want to get back a little bit to your point about the slasher thing. I think that's an interesting comparison because I think if there's one key difference between this movie and the Chuck Norris movie is that I don't think we get to know anybody else in this movie, really. We don't know the POWs. We don't know no. the enemy, really. Like, there's no personality to them whatsoever. No. And because of that, I think it only adds to that feeling of it's like, okay, I'm just wa- I'm just watching him shoot stuff. I don't really feel anything for that. And it's it gets to the point of ridiculousness that there was a moment at the end where I'm like, he's blowing up everything in this camp, and there are still POWs in one of the yeah. buildings. Yeah. And like, I don't know which building they're in. Does he? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Like he was only there, like he didn't draw like a map of the place. He was only there for like five, 10 minutes to talk, you know, to see them and try to get them out of there. I'm like, does he, it doesn't seem like he's being that careful that he won't blow them up in the process of what he's doing. I mean, Absolutely it's absurd. Not. Yeah. You know, it's so absurd to think about. Uh, again, versus the, the Norris thing, it's like it's much more uh, restrained, I guess, in that sense, you know, even though obviously, yeah, you got explosions, you got a lot of death, uh, yeah. but it felt a little more like, okay, this is a real thing. We're not just supposed to be drawn in and, and titillated by a, a fireball. We're actually supposed to care and like slightly pay attention to this story a little bit. Um, you know, aside from just the ass kicking. Right. That said, I don't know. I mean, I'm still kind of torn about, I do think, you know, we talked about the Siskel and Ebert review last week. This movie is still enjoyable to watch, I think, sure. right? And it's yeah. short. Well, exactly. It's 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 super quick. You you I feel like you always know where you are in the story as far yeah. as just you're like, yeah, like that's that was the first third. All right, that's the halfway mark. Here we are, the last third, you know, like yeah, it, it never it never stops moving. I mean, the the worst it gets is you get some corny lines you can laugh at, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sure it's fun to watch. Do you have a sense of what James Cameron contributed? Because uh, you know, the other component that we haven't really talked about to this movie is definitely the sort of military mercenary aspect of it all, right? Um, you know, and and there's Colonel Troutman, who I think is the sort of you know, the face and father figure sort of good guy. Um, and then there's this whole other crew led by Charles Napier and you've got Martin Cove in there. Um, and it's ultimately revealed that, you know, basically he was sent in the jungle to give them proof, which I don't, I'd still kind of like, you can help me with this because, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I've, I've felt Cameron's touches on all of that stuff, all that military, like, you know, talk and stuff. Yeah. But it, Okay. Like, am I to understand that he was sent into the jungle to take photos of an empty camp because the U.S. is basically reneging on promises 
to pay reparations uh, to Vietnam and Cambodia because they... Oh, shit, it made sense when I was watching it. Uh, it's be- because of the POWs or... Oh, God, see? I don't do... You, yeah. Tell me. Help me out here. Well, do you understand that plot? I, th- th- there are parts that I don't understand. <laughs> so he gets sent into the jungle and he has he has a contact in the jungle who turns out mm-hmm. to be this woman yep. right that's his that's his contact which even that was a little confusing to me because she oh, was super working confusing. with some pirates yeah. and then there's like yeah it's not like exactly she's a well, complete and, ally you know and he was about to kill her so it's like oh, right. c- yeah. couldn't you guys like let, let him know who he's going to meet in the jungle <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, but this is this is a real thing and somewhat of a conspiracy theory or not. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, you know, around the time the, these two movies popped up, like people believed that the the our, our government was hiding the fact that there were POWs over there, mm-hmm. and and so like this this all plays into it. And and you know, one of the conspiracy theories was that that they have people go over and just photograph empty camps and come back and say. See, there's nothing there, so you don't have to worry about it. So, yeah, yeah so so they sent him in. Uh, there were people there anyway, which I guess is kind of kind of shabby storytelling. But to go back to what you were asking about the James Cameron script, um, see, to me, like, yeah, exactly. I, I felt like some of the military talk was his. I was almost positive that the woman would have been his. The, yeah, the, the, the character but I feel like maybe that's not true because originally apparently he wrote a this sort of techie sidekick for him uh, uh-huh. for Rambo that, that Stallone didn't like but here's a quote from Stallone talking about the script okay. he says I think that James Cameron is a brilliant talent but I thought the politics were important so apparently Cameron didn't put politics in the script Uh, such as a right-wing stance coming from Troutman and his nemesis Murdoch, contrasted by Rambo's obvious neutrality, which I believe is explained in Rambo's final final speech. I realize his speech at the end may have caused millions of viewers to burst veins in their eyeballs by rolling them excessively. All right, Stallone. Uh, But the sentiment stated uh, was conveyed to me by many veterans. Also, in his original draft, it took nearly 30 to 40 pages to have any action initiated... (laughs) Which may have been, might have been good. Um, uh, I'll say this: uh, yeah. I, I clocked it. Nobody dies in this movie until thirty-five minutes in, so it's still uh, it's still yeah, it's still, pretty tame. I, you know, I think you get that scene on the plane that we talked about him jumping out is, is considerably earlier than that. So you know, there's a little right. bit of action and tension, but uh, yeah, still, uh, still a bit of a slow slow burn there. But yeah, so 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 thirty to forty pages before there was any action, and Rambo was partnered with a techie sidekick. So it was more than just politics that were put into the script. Uh, there was also a simpler storyline. If James Cameron says anything more than that, then he realizes he's now doing the backstroke badly in a pool of lies. Wow, that is our Stallone Poetry quote. So from Stallone. yeah, so there was, seemed yeah. like there was some beef there, and it sounds like Stallone is saying, "I, I don't wait, no wait a second. So Stallone says that James Cameron's script had a simpler storyline. How much simpler could it have been? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fail to grasp yeah. how you could shave any depth off of what's already there. Uh, oh, still have anything to hang your hat on. Yeah, well, 
Okay, so, um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Does that cover that? I think so. I think, so I think the plot makes enough sense. You can't really oh, yeah. poke I too mean, many holes yeah, in it there. No, yeah. and like even the uh, even the stuff that I'm a little confused about. I mean, they did. There's some talk about reparations, and like it did make sense within the context of that scene, right? Uh, although I didn't, I didn't know anything about that. And I thought, I didn't mind Stallone's speech at the end. In, in fact, I was frankly grateful for it because it is the first time in the entire movie that he strings more than two sentences together. Yeah, literally. Um, you know, and you talked about that a little bit when we were kind of like predicting. You know who's got the best one-liners is it's like well does are there any one-liners in rambo and yeah. uh, by god you're you're pretty much right i mean i think troutman actually probably has the best lines in the movie and you know maybe the charles napier murdoch character um but uh yeah i don't know like it politically it, it is kind of interesting to watch this thing because you know i don't want to drag us too far down this road but it was it was interesting to to watch this in the context of knowing that our current president has publicly stated that he prefers soldiers who don't get captured in reference yeah. to, to John McCain's POW experience. And I was reminded a bit that, holy cow, our, I think our, you know, like the national sentiment towards all of that, you know, just towards veterans of this war perhaps, has, re- has really changed, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, can you imagine him saying that in 85 like oh no again a number two movie in america here and this is a a super super strong and same with the norris movie statement about the way we left that war you know if you want to look at it politically um and how we have not done justice to the to the guys that fought there and um i don't know like to me it's still you know the worst bits of just uh, you know unwarranted and ridiculous you know jingoism patriotism stuff in this movie is probably the closing song by frank stallone <laughs> oh jeez, because it is god awful <laughs> uh i don't know i mean i don't mean to i don't want to knock it unless if it's only yeah. your like playlist it's uh, no loop okay <laughs> No, but it, it's so bad. It's a bad song to begin with, just from a musical standpoint, and then the lyrics are just so on the nose and over the top. And um, yeah, you know, it just it comes on the heels of what I thought again was you know it's not the best written speech in the world, obviously, but I thought Stallone delivered it okay. And like again, I was kind of happy to hear him, you know, sound off yeah. in, in any manner. But uh, boy, that song just kind of removes you from from the movie in my opinion and feels extremely extremely dated well yeah you know what's what's kind of funny about that um and yeah you're you're absolutely right about the song and yeah i i also did not really mind the the i mean it's not even a speech it's like three lines no yeah exactly that constitutes a speech in this movie (laughs) yeah and and yeah it, it was kind of nice to get it, I mean, it was also kind of nice to get that point of view, and I just got to have it in a yeah. way, bringing Rambo down to the point of like, I, like I'm just here for the humans that are mm-hmm. involved. Like that's why I'm here. I'm <laughs> not here because yeah. of who's you know president and shit like that. So, um, but it is interesting to note that like First Blood, uh, again, as I remember it, 
First Blood is not an over-the-top movie. And, uh, and, I, and I think it also ends with some kind of a speech, but I, I don't remember it ever being... Like, I feel like Rambo First Blood Part 2 is the movie that got parodied, right? Like, yeah. Weird Al Hot did shots, it. right? Yeah, Hot Shots did it. Nothing in First Blood is parodied. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they, there's, there's nothing f- funny to go at over here. But Rambo walking out of that place after he shot all those computers, and he is just dripping in oil. <laughs> and yeah. and ju- I mean, it's just a shot of like, oh, here are he's his He's sweating abs. from the word go. I mean, yeah. just from the word go, he is sweating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, there's so much about it that's, that's too funny. And, uh, and yeah. it, like if somebody did, somebody could totally do a gritty version of this. And mm-hmm. and it might come off a little better, you know. Like it, yeah. it, it might just it, it might not have those bits where it's just like oh come on. And and it kind of brings up again when we're talking about the action. Another part that I forgot about that was hilarious to me. Like I feel like it was almost a parody <laughs> in in and of itself. Is when Stallone too, is running from the helicopter that has a bomb on it. Yeah, and he, <laughs> they drop a bomb as Stallone dives like down a waterfall. And the bomb, mm-hmm. like, goes all the way to the bottom of the waterfall and, like, oh, I think, like, yeah. hits a rock or something at the bottom of the waterfall. It looks like it exploded, like, in 12 different places. And then, the yeah, when too. it explodes, there's fire up the <laughs> entire, every level of that waterfall. Just fire yeah. erupts from they it. They blew up a waterfall. It's ridiculous. And I was like, guys, <laughs> like, I, I don't okay. know. Again, thir- 30 well, years ago, 13-year-old me would have been like, oh, yes. yeah, totally. But yeah. yeah, now I feel like uh, anybody watching that would be like, uh, dudes, that's a joke. Two, like, that's uh, a two, yeah, two big moments for me that on this, on this note that are, I think are ripe for parody. And, and one in particular, I'm making a request to the internet nerds. Uh, the first one, though, is there's a moment where I think after he's dropped into the jungle and it, before he meets uh, Ko, where he's like slipping and sliding out of place, sneaking around, and... He's like looking one direction and you get the sort of like blurred background shot of a snake dropping and he turns oh, yeah. on a dime and grabs the snake by the head and stares at it and then lets it go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, what is, what does what was that? Like the, the, I mean they just like came to a mu- mutual truce between man and yeah. animal. It was like <laughs> I just like died laughing. I was like that is not what I expected. Just nope. grab that snake and throw it in the woods like that to me would have made more sense. Number two, and this is the one that uh, I'm making an official request here, it is when he shoots up the computers in Murdoch. Because, uh, you know, ultimately Murdoch is sort of the bureaucratic villain of this movie, right? And you mm-hmm. find out that he's, you know, not, not on the level, not a great guy. Um, and even that was interesting, too, because it felt like everybody he worked with was completely stoked that they saved all these POWs. Anyway, when, he, when Stallone comes in there and shoots up that guy's office with a machine gun... It is. It felt like it's maybe like half a minute to like three quarters of a minute of just nothing but bullets, right? Yeah. A machine gun. But I, I was watching. I was like, I want to see like a four hour cut of that. Just somebody <laughs> just loop that for like two hours, or hey, give me a good thirty minutes, and I will be so like I would watch that all day long. <laughs> it is the stupidest thing, but the best thing also at the same time. And then I think it was right after that, and maybe we should talk about this a little bit. I think you do get the line, mission accomplished from Stallone, you know, 
And that to me was like the one sort of cheesy line that he had. Sure. Yeah. And there's a moment earlier on where he's like, always believed the mind is the best weapon. Which that, but you know, his delivery again is like, he's so sullen, like in the beginning of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like it just doesn't come across as, as machismo. It comes across as like, well, this is sort of just like what this blue collar dude kind of, kind of thinks. And yeah, he, he's right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, all this stuff, it, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's a really interesting thing to look at and think about in terms of audience success and like the time of it and how fresh I think the war was in the minds and yet seeing it kind of, I don't want to say completely exploited, but turned into this type of action thing versus something like platoon or full metal jacket or, um, you know, those kind of movies. Um, it definitely, I don't know. I would need to do more research, but it feels like it's like this is definitely the prototype for that kind of movie, you know, like it, yeah. it set the bar for that kind of thing. I, I would agree. And and the other thing I was wondering, uh, just in terms of how, you know, popular it was, you know, at the time, I mean, again, so much of it seems so goofy now and it, and it is kind of like, are they, <laughs> are they exploiting like the, the, the plight of like these poor guys who are you know, over there, but I don't think so. I mean, I don't, you know, beyond I well, I, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I guess my, my thing is, you know, at this point it's, it's 10 years after we got out of, uh, Vietnam. I mean, they, they yep. planned to release it on the 10th anniversary of like when everybody mm-hmm. pulled out. And, and so, yeah, my feeling was, was this cathartic for enough people that like going and seeing like somebody go in there and just, you know, blow it just, blow away all these like bureaucrats and all this stuff and like all these people who are just they're just trying to like push numbers around and they don't really care about the humans involved now here's a guy who's going to go in he doesn't care what anybody tells him he's going to go in and bring those guys back like is that yeah. you know for someone who like watched all this stuff happening and just all this horror you know is that a cathartic thing for you and so yeah of course like maybe you go and see that a few times because that just feels good um, I had the yeah. same kind of thought in, in thinking of it as sort of like historical fantasy, wish fulfillment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And also drawing a line to something like this and and, and Glorious Bastards, you know. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like what Tarantino is doing. Yeah, J- Django Unchained probably too. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I kind of wondered the same thing as, as sort of like you get a little bit of distance Mm-hmm. And you you kind of get a little bit of uh, space to do something like that and not have it completely blow up in your face, you know. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, like, I don't know that that's been done yet for, like, Iraq, Afghanistan. Right. Maybe it has. I don't, I don't know. If I, uh, maybe American Sniper. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's a bit more nuanced than that, but I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's one that I'm not thinking of, but yeah, maybe if anybody out there is listening, is there sort of like a modern equivalent to uh, to yeah to Rambo for for the wars that we uh, you know unfortunately still find ourselves in? It's a good question. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it really hasn't been. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. If anybody uh, has a suggestion, let us know. Well, I do think maybe it's a good time to switch to talking about missing in action too because 
this idea of the 10th anniversary actually is featured in the opening of this movie. You know, yeah. it, it kind of starts out a little bit in the past where, you know, you're in the war itself and there's an accident and the helicopter goes down. Well, they had to abandon the helicopter and you have those great freeze frames as each character is <laughs> jumping out. Love it. Yeah. And uh, the last one out, of course, is Norris, who's taken over, you know, the pilot duties. Uh, and then you sort of like cut to well, clearly in my copy on Tubi TV looked like straight up VHS uh, for this segment. Anyway, it was news mm-hmm. footage of. Uh, you know the the, the um, was it the unknown soldier the sort of uh, celebration? Well, it's not celebration. Jesus, that's the exact wrong word for <laughs> the funeral that they held in in, in honor of um, the POWs and the missing in action uh, soldiers in Vietnam with Reagan clearly mm-hmm. at the forefront. And then you go back to the jungle, and I thought that was a really interesting structure to this movie especially looking at it side by side with rambo you know it's like oh okay here's kind of what they are talking about in rambo and then we actually get to see it a little bit (laughs) in in this chuck norris movie um that said before we go too much further with that i mean this movie again the biggest difference here is these guys are in the pow camp you know norris included and Mm -hmm. they've been there for 10 years and there's really nobody coming to rescue them it's it's a matter of how are they going to get out and the movie does a very, uh, you know, good job, or at least it spends a ton of real estate on the side of the people that have captured them and are holding them captive. And that is Colonel Yen, played by Soon Tech O. Again, always, uh, you know, forgive my pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And then sort of like the guys that work underneath him. And he's a, you know, he's a bastard. He is a torturous, manipulative, sadistic dude holding them captive. Claims he will let them go as soon as Braddock confesses to war crimes. And Braddock's, he's an American. He's not going to do that. He's Chuck Norris, by God. Um, And that, I mean, that's kind of all I think you really need to know. I was sort of stunned by how similar this movie is, plot-wise at least, to Rescue Dawn, the Werner Herzog movie with Christian Bell. Um, I love that movie, but it's, it's a very, very similar story. Yeah. So if you've seen that and you haven't seen Missing in Action 2, there you go. Um, <laughs> Craig, yeah, talk, to me, yeah. Yeah, talk to me a little bit because you did some research on this and we, we discussed it a little bit last time, but I yeah. have not seen the movie. And now that I have, I'm completely flabbergasted by the fact that they shot these two Missing in Action movies back to back and that they intended for number two to originally come out as number one, which makes total sense. Yep. So, what the hell is the first missing in action about? Do you know? Well, the first missing missing in action is basically Rambo: First Blood Part Two, as I so remember. There you go. Okay. Like it, it's essentially he's going back to get more POWs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, which is crazy because that came out the year before this, obviously. Exactly. And and, and, and I, th- I think I said last time there was some mention of missing in action being based on the script for First Blood Part Two, which oh, right. you know right. Cameron was writing. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. I, I mean, it's too bad we can't watch movies from other years because it would be interesting to go We're back and watch that one now. Yeah, and just see like I mean, do they basically make Cameron's Rambo First Blood Part Two? 
that's the thing I'm really trying to figure out now. It's like how yeah. much inspiration did they take from it? Well, um, and the ultimate salt in the wound is that I'm sure Rambo did, you know, <laughs> millions and millions of more business than uh, Missing mm-hmm. in Action 1. Um, I will say that the nice thing about all of this is that, like me, I could sit down and watch this movie, and it didn't matter that I hadn't seen the first one because none of that stuff... Uh, I think is is really that relevant. I have to imagine. No. I mean, there's nothing that I feel like I was missing out on or needed to know about this guy or no. or the situation that he's in. So I did I did appreciate that? Um, what did you think about this movie overall? Well, you know, thinking about both of these movies together now, Chuck Norris is not a good actor. I do I, feel I, like we Stallone. Gotta, yeah, yeah. Uh, no argument there. I mean, like. Yeah. I don't think he would even tell you that he's a good actor. I mean, he's, yep, yep. he is not, he's not good. Nope. Uh, so Stallone definitely edges him out acting wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but. Well, Sean, I wanna, I, let me just say one yeah. thing on that note too. I was surprised that not only did I, did I think Stallone edged him out completely under any sort of delivery of anything I would call human emotion. Um, mm-hmm. which is saying something because it's not like that I think it's like Stallone is the greatest actor of all time right but in the in the action stuff I don't know if it's just the way you know we talked about like I don't think there's anything like really stylistically visually helping Stallone look good in that in those moments that the filmmaking was doing but in Missing right. in Action 2, it's like it at times it just felt like Chuck Norris was moving in slow motion when he was like fighting people. Like oh, it, yeah. in somehow like some ways it, it was worse. And like I that I did not expect. I thought, oh right. he's Chuck Norris. Like, if nothing else, yeah, he cannot give line readings, but he's gonna he's gonna kick some ass and that's gonna be awesome. And it, it kinda wasn't. No. Know? Well like, again, it was, it yeah, it goes back to that cho- choreography thing. Yeah, where for sure. Where now, because I mean, because you know, you know, you're just waiting for the Chuck Norris fist fight at the end. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that that fight was embarrassing, but but it kind of but it kind of felt <laughs> like satisfying. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, well, guys, we don't really have a, a you know, a combat guy on set today. So yeah. let's just do some easy rolls, you know, a few light kicks yeah. and then we'll just the guy's dead. Whereas today, yeah, yeah it would be like super oh, intense. Yeah. But that being said, Sean. Um, would you disagree with me if I said that I think Missing in Action 2 story-wise tends to be a little more interesting than Rambo? Craig, not only will I not disagree, I will go on record saying I genuinely liked this movie Mm -hmm. and would watch it again and story-wise think it's a thousand times better than Rambo. Oh, uh, I will. I, I should give a one disclosure though. Mm-hmm. I started watching this movie and fell asleep, <laughs> <laughs> and woke up and thought, oh, "Okay, well, yeah, okay, I kind of get the gist of what's going on. I'll go back and rewatch <laughs> like the middle of it." Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was still sleepy. And I was like, "You know what? I'm just not. I'm gonna have to just start it over from from scratch." And yeah. so I did. I did. I sat down with it again. Was fully attentive. And really locked into it and realized just how much I actually missed in the middle. I mean, there's a part. There's a ton of stuff. 
Yeah. Oh man, like the Australian guy who claims mm-hmm. to be there as part of you know this Federation crew looking for POWs and all this stuff. Um, I Basically all a Rambo. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great sequence. Um, but no, I really, I think there's some very bad line delivery and some very bad lines. Mm-hmm. There's not great choreography, obviously, but I got caught up in the story of this movie. I did, like, I admittedly yeah. did, and uh, I, I think it's just one of those like basic. To me, I was thinking about it, it's like it almost functions like a prison movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's literally what it is. But even like something like, I'm not saying a Shawshank, but you, <laughs> you know, it, it has some of those, <laughs> those elements of it. Yeah, where yeah. you got guys being asked to sacrifice something, you know, because of, or just to hang on to this belief that they're going to get out of there and that they're not willing to sacrifice their sort of like morals, you know, and they're not letting this defeat them. And, you know, it's complex. You know, you got guys who, this this character played by um, Stephen Williams, Nestor, who yeah. was the captain, who's basically sold out to Colonel Yin so that he doesn't get tortured, you know. And, like, you can understand that yeah. from a, a certain point of view. Uh but also you can understand why that would completely drive a wedge between him and his fellow soldiers. And like, here, here's a guy saying, God, the war is over. Nobody's coming for us. The only way we're getting out of here possibly is if Chuck Norris confesses, just do it. Let's get out of here. Let's go home. You got a guy here who hasn't even seen his damn kid, uh, yeah. you know, since it was born. And like, God knows what's happened in the world. Now, obviously you can sit here and say, well, Okay, yeah, how are you going to get out of there? Should you trust, you know, the guy that's held you captive for 10 years? Obviously not. Um, But that said, it's like I I felt like there was enough there that to me felt like natural human uh, uh, actions and and reactions and experience. It it didn't make Stephen Williams the most evil guy in the world. No, like you can see the pragmatism in it. It's just like, just yeah. tell him that so we can go. Because no one cares about us. Let's just go. Yeah. And like to me, in some ways, that delivers that message better than what Rambo did. You know, even, yeah. you know, we talked about it. It's like, I like that little speech at the end. But th- to me, it's like, no, here in this movie, you get to see it. You really yeah. get to experience. And, you know, the bad guys are bad. Like, you want that dude to die at the end yeah. of this thing. And, and I think... Actually, that's why that that fight at the end is is so anticlimactic uh, because it is like uh, the chore- choreography just really lets it down because you want this guy to get his ass kicked so bad. Yeah. Um, but that said, yeah, I mean, totally agree. It's a better movie than Rambo, and didn't well, and make I a fraction of the money. Didn't make a fraction of the money, but I mean, it profited beautifully. Sure, I mean, yeah. it made five times what it cost, and and yeah, I, I guess I guess Rambo did too. But the other thing I kept thinking about this movie, because all of what you said is exactly right, and I think kind of what also helps it is, you know, with Rambo, he's going in to save those guys and kill those guys. Whereas with these guys, like, they're they're the ones that need to be saved. Like, Yeah, they got to save actually, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Even as, as ham-fisted as some of their character stories are, oh, like their man. backstories are, yeah. and they're pretty, I mean, yeah, you could, you could tell you're being teed yeah. up. But it's just like, but but you do, you get to know them and, and their struggle is that they are the ones who are, they're not waiting for someone to come save them. They have to save themselves and like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So honestly, it was just more entertaining. There's just more going on, it felt like. Yeah. 
Now that said, I do think I, I don't want to paint the picture that this is like some sort of like highfalutin drama by any Mm-mm. means because <laughs> there is some amazing action and deaths in this movie and reactions and stuff. I mean, very early on, you know, you kind of get, I think it's actually in the opening speech from Colonel Yin, which is an amazing speech where he talks about, you know, they've been forgotten by a nation. The rest of the world reviles, you know, and he's like huge delivery. Mm-hmm. But one of the, you know, and he mentions like nobody's escaped from this camp. Nobody ever will. The only way you're getting out is if Braddock confesses. But then of course, you know, the next scene one of the guys tries to escape, right? And so yeah. he runs off, and there's, you know, you, they've laid the groundwork. You're surrounded by cliffs. There's a bridge that nobody's getting across. There are booby you know, traps no hell, everywhere. Booby yeah. traps everywhere. But the, the one soldier makes it to the bridge, and then, <laughs> there's just a dude on the other end of the bridge, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe they've just had guys on the other side of this bridge for 10 years with flamethrowers, but he's there with a flamethrower. <laughs> And he lights that guy up, and Craig, like, when that body, which obviously oh. it's just, you know, uh, I mean, a, a dummy or something, yeah. a dummy that falls off the bridge, it is the best, <laughs> most satisfying thing in the world. <laughs> well, it, it hits, like, 12 different things on the way down, and mm-hmm. it just looks brutal. And there's so many moments like that where, yeah. I mean, to me, where Rambo kind of veers on the edge of parody by just the sheer scope of it. And it felt like, yeah, they're just throwing their money at the screen to get these big explosions. I -hmm. actually think, you know, some of the action in this holds up better because it just, it still feels like, Oh, holy shit. Like that. I shouldn't be watching this. This is like unreal. Like that had to hurt. That had to hurt, you know, that kind of stuff, which I love. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and I think they, you know, with the small budget, they, they, they kind of want to get their production value out of that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. just the little stuff, and well, we can throw a dummy that's on fire over this thing, and like that'll look great, and <laughs> yeah. and we can put we can put a, a bag around Chuck Norris's head with a dead rat in it that he has to oh, like so have awesome. in his mouth when it comes out. But but it, just going back to the flamethrower bridge thing, that bridge yeah. is made out of like rope and wood. It's dangerous. Yeah. Why are you Why are you shooting a flamethrower at anything on that thing? You're not going to have a bridge. Have to, yeah, you're going to have to rebuild that bridge a couple times, depending on how many people you want to flamethrow. Um, but that's <laughs> somehow you know, that's what, they got yeah. time on their hands, so that's what I they guess were, so. They were willing to take that risk. There's uh, weaving, yeah, we, weaving we sh- bridges. Yeah, we should also mention like it. It becomes revealed that actually this camp, I think, is sort of a front for a. Uh, uh, are they growing uh, opium or poppy opium, or something? Yeah. yeah okay. So it basically, like. Uh, that's why he's keeping on. He's using them as slave labor to 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 front some sort of drug op. Yeah. And uh, you know maybe that's why. Yeah, you do have guards hanging out doing nothing for years, <laughs> just sure. in case somebody wants to go across a bridge and you got a flamethrower. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's so many things like that. And then at the same time, you get this great hand-to-hand fist fight. Between Chuck Norris and Stephen Williams, the Braddock versus Nestor, the guy that sold out to Colonel Yin. Mm-hmm. And like, that's as, as simple as it could be. It's staged very cleanly and just blankly. Mm-hmm. But man, like, that, that fight has like impact, I think, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's tough to watch like after a while, you know, because Braddock is just letting him hit him and then. Okay, you know, he does ultimately fight back, but it's just like, oh, God, like, you know, it's one of those things where I felt like there's an example where maybe the lack of a budget created a moment and it's a mm-hmm. good moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a good, you know, because they maybe they didn't even think, like in Rambo, 
I don't know. I don't remember a single like sort of like any kind of hand to hand moment that lasted more than 10 seconds, you know, and he killed a guy, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, breaking guys necks left and right. And like here, it's like, this isn't a fight that's going to end in death, but it's, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. And you got to sit here and watch this and like, you feel the, the pain of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I appreciated all that stuff. The rat in the hood thing was fantastic. Yeah. I loved that nice little visual thing where you get a little bit of blood on the hood and you don't know what's going on underneath. Uh, and the story I is that it, was a real dead rat. Really? Yeah. That, that they well, had, uh, they had a, a fake rat that didn't look real enough. And Chuck said, we'll just kill a rat I'll and I'll just put it in my mouth. Man. So the Chuck legend going, of this guy just, yeah, it continues yeah. to grow. Does. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I do think it's interesting and, and uh, you know, we talked when we did our episode on Goonies and Daryl and, and Explorers about the things that kind of make these movies 1985, just little things. Uh, here, I think uh, we have two instances of leeches, which I think <laughs> is a total mm-hmm. 80s thing, you know, between this and Stand By Me. Um, you know, both of these guys end up with leeches on them. It's a little more prominent, I think, in Rambo because they use a the knife to like flick them off. And here's it's, I'm not even really convinced those were leeches. They kind of right. look like uh, just like slugs that were on him, probably, and they very right. easily fall off. But that said, you know, I was like, "Oh yeah, leeches." It's kind of nice seeing leeches in a movie. It's a good way to make your skin crawl. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about that Australian guy though, which I can't find the actor right in front of me. But I thought that was a really nice moment for the middle act of this movie. You know, you got a guy who just sort of wanders into this camp, and mm-hmm. he's got a camera. He's wearing very short shorts. <laughs> he's australian and it it, just the way that they played that was like he was like friendly you know it 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 felt like he was coming in just saying well this is just a negotiation like this is a matter of fact um there's a honing beacon outside the jungle and if i go signal it they'll know not to come immediately um but if i don't they're gonna come looking for me and they're gonna come with guns uh you know it's basically like you got these pow's you gotta let them go the war is over. Uh, you, if you don't think it could be very bad for you, why don't you do the right thing? Let them go. And boy, I thought all that stuff was interesting. It added like a nice little boost in the middle of the second act. And then, oh boy, Craig, what happened to that poor guy? So it's set up a little earlier in the movie that uh, one of their tortures is to say they're going to like shoot a guy in the head and mm-hmm. put a gun to their head and just sort of do some dry clicks and let them go. Just super cool, super nice, super funny. Very deer hunter esque. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so they basically do the same thing to him, right? Like they're just going to shoot him. He, he doesn't have a way out of it. Mm-hmm. As I remember, like there's nothing he can say that no. will like get him out of it. No. Uh, nope. Aside from maybe Braddock, uh, you know, confessing. And so confessing. somebody says, "Hey, don't worry. It's just a trick. Like there's no, there are no bullets in the gun yeah. or something." Yeah. And he says something like, "You know, oh yeah." what a great sense of humor and they pull the trigger <laughs> and uh oh, man. and yeah there, there's quite quite a death face to see here yes. uh, a bullet goes out one side of his head Slow-mo. and i mean a good two seconds later he reacts to it his eyes pop open wide Ooh, yeah Which i don't know that you i don't i'd be curious to know the science of whether or not that's possible <laughs> i'm pretty sure your lights just go out as far as i yeah, know I you just so drop too. to you the just ground drop. yeah yeah. But boy, it's, as far as a movie moment, I was like, 
oh my god like it was this, a big one like, yeah like that is a thing that if i saw this movie by myself in 1985 i would have absolutely like you guys have to see this yeah. movie come i'm putting it on right now wait till you get to this <laughs> moment like crazy like i just uh i didn't see it coming i should have but Maybe. um man they they sold that well and that's a good time for a little stylistic choice of, of slow-mo there because that just <laughs> continued uh, to punch me in my gut. Um, oh, yeah. I will say, you know, there's a couple little things that um, I, I think they could have helped me out a little bit story-wise. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, uh, you know, bring it, bring it on home. There's a moment where Chuck Norris finally kind of breaks free. He escapes. I don't remember exactly how it happened. doesn't really matter. Throughout the movie, though, he's been wearing shackles around his ankles like all the prisoners. You get this moment where he kind of goes into one of the little huts. He comes back out. The shackles are off. He sets them down, and you get sort of like the zoom in on the shackles. It's like, oh, look, he's, he's taking them off now. Mm-hmm. And... It's okay. I couldn't help but think if if this had been Stallone, you would have seen him take those shackles off. Like it would have been like this moment of like, oh, oh yeah. shit, he's getting ready to go kill some people. And I, I do, I can't help but wonder if that was written that way. You know, if that's something they wanted, and they were just like, eh, we're just not, we're just not getting it from Chuck. Like he just looks like. I mean, he he looks barely nonplussed throughout the whole movie, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. it's really... And some of that, to your credit, I think they build the character that way. You know, there's yes. a lot of talk early on about how nothing ever phases you, man. Like, I'm just not tough like you. That Mazzilli character, like, totally. big time, plays that up. But, uh, you know, he's like this, like, stern, silent guy, I guess. But it doesn't always read that way. It kind of just reads like, yeah, he's just not got that chop of delivering like those feelings. And Mm. it would have been nice to see that moment of him taking the shackles off and like realizing like that's going to ramp up into your like third act killing spree. And then I did get confused by one thing. And that was there was a character, the guy who first had the gun pointed at him in the blank shot. Um who broke down after that, that soldier, did he escape or get released at some point? Cause he me- runs into Braddock in the woods. Um, after Braddock gets out, but I couldn't for the life of me. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't remember him. Getting, how did he get there? I don't remember him getting out. Yeah. He, he, he was the one they were, they were putting the gun to his head. Weren't they? Yep. He was the original guy that went through that and, and really broke down after that, but I I don't know I I mean I, maybe I missed it and that's God that's knows, a really uh, during one of your naps yeah no I, I don't well, remember that, yeah, that <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that either if anyone out there is a missing in action two scholar please fill us in because yeah I, I don't I I remembered the the character when he showed up in the woods but I was like yeah wait why are you there yeah huh. yeah for sure so I don't know a few little things. Story-wise, I think could have been helped out. I also think it's interesting looking at the two of the movies. Rambo does feel like you're in the middle of the damn jungle. Yeah. Um, not so much this movie. 
And that's not to say they didn't shoot it there, but it doesn't. <laughs> it it just doesn't. You know, it doesn't have that same sort of lushness and and I, I don't know, like yeah. the thickness of of the surroundings uh, are not quite uh, as as relevant or or that's not the right word. Not quite as visual in missing in action, and you know, sure, that may be a product of the budget. I can forgive them that. Uh, yeah. Any favorite moments that we haven't talked about in this movie? Uh, one of my favorite moments is his final line in the movie. Oh, what was that? I don't even remember. It wasn't his final mi- line where? Uh, I mean, it, it's it it was because <laughs> it, it is kind of a one liner, but as I remember it, it was it was a response to a line that he had said. I mean, a good five minutes before. <laughs> where, where, where he's like yeah. he's gonna, he's going to beat up our bad guy, and he's like, "This is for the, you know, the guys who didn't make it home or something." And then and then okay, they kind of yeah. they roll around on the ground for a little while, and then the next thing you see, oh, I remember now. Is is Go he's ahead. got? I mean, no, wait a second. Did I fall asleep during the end of this movie? Probably because not. He, no, because he's Go standing ahead. in front of the whole camp just by himself, and he says to absolutely no one, he says. And this is for me. And he has a thing in his hand, and he presses a button, and everything goes up in flames. Where, yeah. where, where did he have the time? When did he set up a bunch of bombs? What happened? Okay, so here's the thing: like he did, there actually is a radio shack like four miles away oh. from this camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he went over there and got the circuits necessary, and then they make a little kit for remote control um, explosive devices. And so he Those just described all that and then boom, you know, he set it up. I did love that. I mean, like to me, it's, it's one of those that I feel like that has been parodied, parodied a little bit just yeah. because of how he's facing foreground and does not even remotely turn to see the, the explosion behind him. Um, nope. But you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that line. It's it a really good line. Um, I actually really liked Colonel Yin had some great lines, I thought. And I thought that actor was okay, too. Um, but there's a moment where... He, uh, I'm trying to think. There's a guy, Francois, who is basically his drug partner, his business mm-hmm. partner on the narcotics side. And he comes in and out, brings them prostitutes. Because, Craig, uh, if there's a woman in your movie about Vietnam, 99% chance she's going to be playing a prostitute, um, as we learn in this movie. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, and yeah, I think there were some prostitutes. Were there prostitutes in Rambo? can't remember uh probably not another thing they missed yeah jesus um serious letdown <laughs> so francois has a couple guys that work with him but then um at one point later on in the movie those guys turn on him and he's like what's going on and colonel yin says they're following me they needed a new leader after they heard that you had died and then they kill him well, that's, that's a pretty good line you know sure <laughs> I was like, boy, I didn't mind that. It was good. That's not, yeah, that's cool, not bad. Yeah, it's a decent little bad guy there. Um, <laughs> well, should we get yeah. back to our predictions? I think we've we've said that we preferred. It, you you would agree, Missing mm-hmm. in Action Two is a more entertaining movie. I think so. I, I mean, it, I so. story wise, it has more to go back to. Yeah. Like once you see it's Rambo, you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Totally agree. And then, uh, I don't know. I think best one line, I think you're right. I think it's a draw. Like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Do you give the the edge to Norris because of that last line? 
Or was there something for Rambo that Stallone said that really satisfied that that requirement? I, I don't. I don't think Rambo had it. I, I don't think. I don't, I, I don't think Rambo. I mean, Rambo had everything else but one-liners. Yeah. You know. So yep, I yeah, so. I, I got to give that to Norris. Okay. Uh, I did my absolute darndest to keep a body count between these two movies. Caveat being, there were times where it was really hard to tell because <laughs> yeah, people were blowing up left and right, and um, and you know there were times where people you had a lot of just like explosions and then guys go flying through the air. When that happened, I'm like they're probably dead, right? Unless I see them get up again. So th- mm-hmm. so that was my criteria. It's just like if it looks like they probably died, if I can ostensibly assume that they died, I'm gonna make a little notch. Yeah. Um, which movie do you think he had the bigger body count? I think there's no question Rambo had the bigger body count. No question. Absolutely right. It did substantially. By my count, it was, um, let me see here, 52 to 36. Oh, wow. I mean, 52, that's a lot lot of dead people in one movie, especially like in Rambo where, again, you don't really, there's like two Russian guys that you kind of have a sense who they are in that movie. Everybody else is just like, they're just... Nameless, faceless, <laughs> just like goons. Asian yeah. guys getting shot. Yeah. Well, and think um, about this. So, fi- what do you say, fifty-two? Uh, fifty-two to thirty-six. Yeah. So, and that's the thing too. Fifty-two bodies hitting the floor in Rambo. One guy gets killed in First Blood. Spoiler wow. alert. Yeah. Something about you got to check that one out. Yeah, I mean that, and that makes total sense as to why then Rambo would become you know, source for parody, uh, even beyond sure. sort of like what's on the screen. Um, cause that is sort of like, yeah. How could you not look at that and go like, well, they just thought let's make another one, but let's make it bigger and bloodier and mm-hmm. kill more people. You know, um, there was one chicken killed in missing in action too. So I don't oh, want to yeah. leave that out. That was kind of sad. Uh, but also I do think, Missing in action again, uh, interspersed their killings a little more evenly. Uh, Rambo, again, nothing happened until 35 minutes in, and it's only an hour and a half movie. So you got 52 bodies in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is substantial. It's a body a minute. That is no joke. Yeah. So if you're into that, uh, that's I mean you got to put this movie at the top of your list, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Anything? Any surprises from either of these two movies that we haven't discussed? Hmm. Not that I can think of. I feel like I pretty much got what I was going in for. I think so too, in a lot of ways. Um, I'm surprised by how much they had in common. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot there that's just like thematic and and story overlap and um, I'm a little surprised that Rescue Dawn is the only other movie I can think of since then and I'm sure there's others that I just can't think of that kind of gets into this subject matter a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's it's really interesting and sad yeah for sure very you know? yeah it's ripe for action and it's ripe for drama you know Absolutely. Unless you're Trump, you know, and then you're just not impressed. <laughs> no. Jesus. Yeah. 
That's where um, we're at. That's where we're at. Oh, I know we wanted, we talked a little bit about Canon, mm-hmm. the makers of Missing in Action 2, and that fantastic documentary that's out there about them, and uh, what a crazy story that was. Uh, Rambo was produced by Karolko, right? Karolko? Yes. And that's an interesting studio as well. If you haven't read anything about that one, um, you should definitely look into that because there's a pretty fascinating story behind it. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up that we didn't get to last week was apparently there was a movie left on the table uh, that that Karolka was was hoping to make, starring Stallone, called Bartholomew versus Neff, which was going to be a comedy directed by John Hughes of all people, oh, and right. would co-star John Candy. There's nothing in my brain that is capable of imagining what the hell that would have looked like. That would have been nuts. And I've never heard mention of that movie before, but. I, it feels like one of those like you got to add it to the list of like amazing things that didn't get made. Um, yeah, beca- because that would have been fascinating. But you know, Karolka also you know, had a huge hit with this. They did Terminator Two. I mean, they kind of roped in Stallone and Schwarzenegger around this era. Um, also, they had the rights to Spider Man for a little bit, and so uh, you know that's another one that maybe could have happened with them and, and would have looked way different I think than uh, any of the versions that have been made uh, so I don't know if you're a big Spider-Man yeah. fan maybe you maybe you breathe a sigh of relief that it didn't happen um, <laughs> but then you know uh, they kind of got gut punched by you know a string of bombs from Cutthroat Island and Showgirls which kind of put the death nail in uh Kuroko at the time although they have been resurrected as a brand although it doesn't look like they've made anything yet mm-hmm. so i don't know it's interesting to see how these studios and production companies pop up like that and have these huge moments and then uh don't last you know true it's uh it makes you look at the studios and maybe think they know what they're doing i also think on that note both of these movies that we talked about today you know again Good, good example of the fact that doing franchises is, is not anything new. Uh, I think it's easy to feel sort of like fatigue with some of the franchises and sequels today. But um, yeah, I mean, and here they were in 85 going strong and being successful. And obviously there were more movies that came uh, down the line for both of these franchises, which I have not seen and which I would like to see. Indeed. Have you seen uh, Rambo 3? Man, no. I think or, I've only or, seen. Like, I, I know what it's supposed to be about, but you know, the poster for Rambo Three always set me <laughs> off of it a little bit because it just yeah. looks like Stallone is kind of like, ah, all right, I'll do another well, one of it, these. It looks like a cartoon. I mean, like he looks so like superhero eyes. Oh yeah, his muscles. Well, and he's crap, I mean. gigantic, and you have yeah. like tiny helicopters flying around him. You're like, all right. Uh, so no, I've never watched it. Could be better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the same with that. I haven't seen the 2008 movie either. I heard that was pretty intense and and pretty pretty good actually. Yeah. And then uh, on the missing in action side, have you seen any more of those? Uh, Braddock Part Three. I, I believe yeah. I've seen the first one. I've never seen Braddock. No. Well, apparently that one is about the one man assault to free his wife and son who are still being held in the Vietnam prison camp. I don't, how the hell does the guy like end up with that many people? 
<laughs> yeah. He, he gets held in the camp. He leaves the camp. He goes back. He has a wife and a son. I mean, that 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 may be stretching my. <laughs> uh, my willingness yeah. to go along with with how do they keep ending here. up back in those oh, camps? I oh, know. Who knows? Though? Maybe we'll see another Braddock movie down the line. For let's hope so. Norris rise off into the sunset. I had a blast watching these two movies. I really think, uh, like you said, they're kind of lean and mean. Uh, they're easy to to digest and have fun with. And I'm psyched to get into the ones we're going to do next. Oh yeah, me too. Because we're just. We're just barely gleaming the cube here, folks. I mean, oh, there's so many more good stuff. This cube to is, yeah, going to be so gleamed. <laughs> Don't even know what that means, but no, I just want to say. It is. Come back next time. We'll we'll, we'll tee up what we're going to do again. And then, uh, I don't know, you want the last words tonight, Craig? Uh, Yeah. Hey, you know what? This one's for me, Sean. And then there's a huge explosion. This is for me.